grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we're doing a study in the book of James talking about something you need every day, something God generously gives. It's for the asking and that's wisdom. Another thing that's guaranteed in this life is that you will struggle, you will have hardships, and how you respond to life's challenges reveals the quality and strength of your wisdom. Pastor Sean is going to coach you today on how to get the wisdom you need, the godly wisdom, so that you can negotiate adversity well when it comes. If you have a Bible nearby, James chapter 1 is where it starts. The message is called Wisdom and Adversity. It's time for Reaching for Real Life. There is a wisdom that can only be found in the fire of adversity. I want to real quickly lay out four lessons of wisdom that I believe are taught in adversity. The first, number one, wisdom teaches me to see adversity differently. You see, we tend to look at adversity, and we look at it as it's bad, right? Okay, It's called hardship because it's hard. And so it's a curse. And James comes along and says, yeah, count it all joy. It's not a curse, it's an opportunity. One of the reasons we look at adversity as a curse is because we look at it as permanent. We look at it, we're in the middle of it right now, and it's like, this is what my life is now. And James, I love what he said in verses 9 through, uh, 9 through 11. He says, for the lowly brother boasts in his exaltation. Let the, lo- let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. And the rich in his humiliation. I'm like, wait a minute, but the lowly is low. What are you talking about, exaltation? And the rich is, well, rich. That's not humiliating. He goes on and tells us why. Because like a flower of the grass... He, he will pass away. For the sun rises with his scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls, its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. What he's telling us is it's not forever, it's temporary. Whatever place you find yourself in, know in this life, in this world, it's temporary. If you're on top of the hill right now and you're like experiencing the riches of life and it's all good, just know adversity comes. And sometimes it's, it chooses just whomever, whenever, Don't get caught up in this attitude of, hey, man, I've been on a high for a long time. I must have it. I'm doing it better. I got it handled. Because what James is telling us is, no, it comes and goes. It's how it works. And conversely, if you are in the midst of adversity and struggle and you would call yourselves among the lowly right now, it's also temporary, according to the word. It's not forever. You see, wisdom changes the way we look at adversity. We stop seeing it as everything, and it's just a thing. Paul said in Romans 8, 18, he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18, he said, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly... We are being renewed day by day for our, listen to what he says, our light and momentary troubles. Your troubles right now feeling light and momentary? Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It's eternal. Light and momentary troubles. Understand, 
uh, when Paul talks about persecution, when he talks about, about suffering, uh, he's not talking about the hot water heater breaking down. Okay? He's not talking about, oh, the car's broken. We've got to drive the old one. Dang. Life is hard. Paul went through actual persecution, beatings, torment over the calling of the gospel that he had. And he looks at them as light and momentary because he's looking at the eternal glory. Understanding, wisdom teaches us to see adversity differently. See, it changes my goal for adversity. You know what my typical goal for adversity is? What I think all of our goal often is, is just get out. Get out of it. And wisdom changes it from get out to grow. This is an opportunity to grow that I don't have at other times. It changes the way I respond from complain to commit. Okay, God, I'm going to commit to what you want to say, what you want to do, because this is a unique opportunity. I mean, think about it. We sometimes look at people in the midst of adversity, and we would try to save them from it. And I, and I think that comes from a good, compassionate heart. And sometimes we should intervene and help someone. But a lot of times, that's not necessarily this idea of, oh, save them because it must be something wrong, must be something. Uh, saving someone, sometimes, trying to save them from adversity, is like trying to save a kid from math. You know, right? I mean, the kid would tell you, this is the most horrible thing in the world. Please, I can't do it. It's hard. And bad parents would go, oh, sweetie, you're right. You don't need to do that. Here, let me rescue you from math. Yeah, we all know you're not doing that kid any favors because there's some things we know he's going to need math. It's like part of the world. It's important. So you don't save a kid from math, and I want to be careful as we look. And we don't need to try to be always saved from adversity. We just need to understand that God meets us there, and he uses adversity to build us up. There's a wisdom that can only be found in the fire of adversity. A second thing, wisdom uses adversity to develop steadfastness. Steadfastness. I love that word. I love the way James says, because the trying of your faith produces steadfastness. And then let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. That's a big concept, a big idea. The word is hypomony, and it's a Greek word, and it means steadfast endurance. Some translations translate it patience. And that's not a bad translation. I just don't think it's all the colors and connotations of the original word. Steadfast endurance. It's from the same word that's used, the same word that's used in Luke eleven fifteen when Jesus is explaining the good soil in the parable of the sowers. He says, as for that, as for that in the good soil, the seed in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience or with steadfastness. Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians 1, 4, he says, Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you're enduring. And they were enduring real persecutions and afflictions. And he says, we boast about your steadfastness and your faith. There's something solid, immovable, mature. Remember when the psalmist said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight will be in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He describes me that he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Whatever he does will prosper. That's steadfast, like a tree with deep roots. 
Paul contrasts that in Ephesians 4, 13, 14. He said, where he's talking about maturity. And he says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And listen to what he says in verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. That's the picture of immaturity. Tossed here and there. And it stands in contrast to steadfastness. One of the saddest things in the world is I see some people walk through difficulties, walk through adversity, and they immediately kind of flutter away. Well, the God thing's not working, and they flutter off over here. Or, well, I, I prayed, but now I'm going to go over here, and or i got to seek this ungodly solution, or this kind of worldly fixation, or whatever it is, and they just don't understand that they are having an opportunity to develop something that is pure like gold, steadfastness. Stability. The very picture of maturity. A couple ways that adversity contributes to steadfastness. It develops steadfastness. One, I discover I'm not alone. I discover that I'm not alone. One of the worst things about adversity is this feeling that you're all alone. I remember when I'm going through this thing my whole life, I chose to follow Jesus and chose to give up my preferred path to, to pursue ministry. And I'm looking seems like everybody else, their life's awesome. They got it perfect. You ever felt like that? You ever looked around? Everybody else's life seems to be just so awesome. Everything's great. They got plenty of money. Their cars are awesome. Their kids are great. Their house is fun. I mean, you ever looked around and just felt like everybody else, it seems to be going great. And for me, it's terrible. That's a natural thing that happens. Well, in adversity, God meets you. And one of the ways he develops steadfast is I discover I'm not alone. Remember what Romans 8.35 said? He said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword? No. And Paul's writing, and he knows about these things. And he says, No. Christ was right there with me. I was loved. He was, he was present. That song that says, You're a good, good father, and I'm loved by you. I'm loved by you. He knew that, and he knew it so well, because even in adversity... See, God's presence takes on a new reality in difficult times when you understand you're not alone. Paul wrote in Philippians, he said, that he wants to know Christ in the fellowship of his suffering. There's a fellowship when we go through suffering and we allow Christ to go through suffering with us. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this series called Reflections on Wisdom from the book of James as found on the sermons page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. 
We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And back to the message, Wisdom and Adversity, based on the book of James. This is Reaching for Real Life. Second way steadfastness is developed in adversity is I witness firsthand the faithfulness of God. I get to see it, get a front row seat as I trust him and as I watch his faithfulness and as I watch him bring me through. The difference between someone who's experienced and someone who's heard about. And I love that you read biographies. I love biographies. Read them of great people of faith. Hear what God did. But I'll tell you, once you walk through something, it will change you. Once you walk through a real difficult time and you experience the Lord's presence and you begin to encounter and you see him intercede on your behalf and answer prayer, it's like it changes you. And you never want to shut up about the goodness of God. You know, you've got a hard time sharing, people, sharing your faith with people. I hear about people who have a, have a hard time sharing their faith or sharing about Jesus with other people. I, I'm looking at someone who hasn't gone through hard times with Christ. Because once you do, you can't shut those people up. They're always talking about it. I want to challenge you. Hard times are where testimonies are born. And testimonies are powerful things. Number three, I have the opportunity to exercise my faith muscle. I get a chance to actually do something. We, you know, in good times, it's like, man, it's easy. It's easy to sing the songs. It's easy. But when it's hard, when I'm facing something bigger than me, more difficult than I've ever faced before, I have an opportunity now to exercise my faith muscles. To trust the Lord versus trusting in myself. We often get forgetful in good times. Listen to the way Solomon said it. Wisest man to ever live, right? Proverbs 38 and 9 says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Listen to this prayer. Give me neither poverty nor riches. You ever prayed that one? Well, not recently. The poverty part, yes, I, I've prayed many times. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Listen to his reasoning. But give me only my daily bread. Fascinating. Jesus chose to pick up on that when he taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. He says, here's why. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. I think, lastly, I discover the security of dependence. The security of dependence. We don't like dependence. And in times of need, we become more dependent. And understanding being dependent on God's provision. God is our provider. He wants to be our provider. And those things are solidified. And they become real in times of adversity. That's why there's a wisdom that can only be found in the fire of adversity. A third way that I think wisdom teaches us in adversity is it exposes, wisdom exposes the source of my struggles. Wisdom exposes the source of my struggles. Verse 13 through 15, James told us that God isn't the one who causes trials and temptation. Says he can't be tempted, he didn't cause it. I will tell you, but he will meet you there. And he uses it to build us up. What he says is I discover that I'm tempted when I give over to my when I give in to my own desires, which leads to sin, which leads to death. And what's interesting is in the midst of some of the hardest times. One of the most difficult parts of that was my own desires and where it conflicted with my expectation. In those hard times, it was like in the fire, the content of my heart was revealed. You see those temptations. And 
The beauty is that wisdom in those times will begin to reveal to you, wait a minute, that's not the response that will honor the Lord. That's not the response that will lead you into the Lord's blessing. And it starts cleaning house. You discover the source of much of our adversity inside. We get to face our flesh, and we get to decide who we're going to trust. There's a wisdom that can only be found in the fire of adversity. And last thing, wisdom leverages adversity into maturity. Wisdom leverages adversity into maturity. I love that phrase, the crown of life. You see, the fire changes you. I step out differently than I go in. I step out different than I go in. It refines me into his image. The fire molds me and helps me become more like him. In verse 16 through 18, he said, God is steadfast. Well, adversity makes us more like him. That phrase, he said, uh, or, uh, that phrase when he talked about steadfastness, how it brings about his work that we, may be comp- that we may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. You know, those are the descriptive words to describe God's holiness. And that steadfastness is when I become filled with the Spirit and I remain strong and steadfast in him. And his holiness begins to work through me. That's one of the powerful things. It changes me. It matures me. I remember walking through that time of having to leave behind what I wanted. And I was, my life was, seemed to be going so well. My polo career was starting to take off. Everything was good. But inside, something began to, something was not right. It felt like I was internally swimming against the stream. The minute I said, Lord, I'm going to follow you, it was like internally everything started to flow and I realized, ah, I see what God is doing. Externally, I understand what Paul said when he said, day by day we're wasting away. That's what it felt like. But internally, I tapped into something that I'd never tapped into for myself. I'd heard about it. I was beginning now to gain the wisdom of aligning my life with God's desire and direction. And that came to me in a time of adversity. Wisdom leverages that adversity into maturity. That's why we say there's a wisdom that can only be found in the fire of adversity. I want to pray for you, particularly those of you who are in the midst of struggle right now. Because I hope there's a little anticipation of what God wants to say and do for you as you walk through this time. Lord, I thank you that you made it so clear in your word. Tough times, hard times are an opportunity to connect with you in a way that is different than maybe any other time in our life. Jesus, I just pray that you will minister and move. I pray for anyone who's struggling through adversity right now. I just pray that they would meet you in this place. I pray that you would shine the light of your wisdom. Give us that wisdom that can only be found in tough times. I thank you. I trust you. Jesus' name, amen. I asked the team to do this song. Kind of a last-minute request because I just heard it Friday morning. Heard the song and just thought, oh. If you're walking through struggles and trials, this song is just, it gives voice maybe to the prayer that you might have. So as the team ministers this, particularly if you're walking through something hard, just let God begin to minister to you right now. Let this be a prayer. Thank you, Jesus.
Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series on wisdom based on the book of James, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you or even better. Your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.